All right. Welcome back. <clears throat> this is the Damn American Podcast. My name is Scotty H. I'm your host. And um, we're looking back at week 12, match week 12 of the English Premier League. Some uh, interesting results, to say the least. Um, the, the five teams that I had as title contenders this weekend, none of them won. None of them won. Um, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty crazy bunch of results. We'll get into all that. Uh, first of all, follow me on Twitter at the damn American podcast. I give out all my, all my picks, all my gambling about an hour before each kickoff. Um, and, uh, we're in, we're in this past weekend was our sixth. Well, it was my, I'm the only one here. It was my sixth positive weekend in a row. I won just about three units on, uh, I think it was 20 bets or so on on uh, on all 10 games this weekend. So six positive weekend in a row. I'm slowly creeping back towards uh, positive units after the craziness that started this season. Uh, I had some some terrible terrible beats and uh, and now it's uh, it's it's rounding back into form. It's it's looking like uh, the league that I thought we were getting ourselves into, but uh, it just took longer than we thought. Um, so week 12. We had uh, we had ten games, unlike last weekend. We had uh, we had all ten games, um, and we've got ten more on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then ten more on I believe Saturday, Sunday, Monday of this week. So we're gonna have a I'm gonna have a lot of podcasts come out uh, over the next couple of weeks. I'm recording this is the first one I'm recording today. I'll record another one in the afternoon. Uh, get that one out for the preview of match week 13, which is the the midweek games, and then uh, another couple on Thursday and Friday looking forward to the weekend games. So a lot of work to do around here, watching a lot of games and spending a lot of time, And uh, but it's been it's been worth it. It's been profitable uh, the last uh, month and a half here. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, our first game of the weekend was Leeds and West Ham, and I got to tell you, I'm, uh, Leeds, I'm done with the Leeds thing. I'm done with it. I'm not. I don't trust them. Um West Ham win this game 2-1, and it should have been more than that. Leeds can't defend a set piece to save their life. They, um, they're they looking like, I don't know if, how far back you guys go, but uh, the, the Charlie Adam Blackpool teams, uh, the Blackpool team, excuse me, because they got relegated. They had one season uh, in, the, in, the, in the top flight. Um, but that Charlie Adam Blackpool team where they played, played really good stuff and then just couldn't score. And they have a bunch of shots, and they have one goal. And they'd get beat because they couldn't defend. They couldn't defend set pieces. And that this, I remember there are a couple Swansea teams that were like this, that they played really well at the Brendan Rodgers Swansea teams that played really well, and just couldn't couldn't find a way to to get multiple goals in a game. And they couldn't defend, so they'd lose, you know, four three three two, you know, that kind of thing, and uh, they they went down. And um, I'm I'm getting real tired of this of this Leeds team. I can't I I can't watch them. They're they're turning into another Brighton for me. I just can't I can't watch them with any any seriousness. They they'll they'll have let's see they had 13 shots and uh, and one goal and it and it came from a penalty. They they like to they shoot from outside the box and they don't really test goalkeepers and it's um. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of over Leeds. They dropped uh, a, a substantial amount in in my power rankings. Um, this this week so um yeah no i'm just over it so west ham win this game 2-1 uh it was an early 
early goal from Leeds. Patrick Bamford won a penalty in the second minute. And then there was a big um, VAR. Uh, Fabianski saved the first penalty, but he was off his line by like a millimeter. And uh, I think like it was Mateus Click that that scores the, the second one. Um, the 25th minute, Thomas Suchek equalizes um, from a corner, of course, because they can't defend set pieces. Um, West Ham were the dominant team in the end, end of the first half. Uh, or early in the second, Leeds kind of got into it. Bamford had a really good chance. Um, but as the game wore on, Leeds just got more stretched and more stretched, and they, they, they run themselves ragged early in games and then fall apart. Um, so we had, uh, I know Ben Rama and Pablo Fornals and Balbuena all had, all had misses that probably should have, should have been goals. Um, Ogbana scores the winner in the 80th minute from a set piece. Um, it should, shouldn't have taken them this long, uh, to score their second goal. Um, they're just, they're horrible against set pieces. Balbuena hit the post in the 87th. Um, but then yeah, like you've got to, you've got to be able to put these teams away because Rodrigo had a really good chance to, to equalize, uh, in, in stoppage time, but West Ham able to hold on rightly. So they, they were the better team in this game created much more, many more opportunities. Um, but like we've seen leads, leads have uh, dominant uh, spells of possession and uh, they just can't do anything. They can't, they just can't do anything with it. They, they'll take, they get shots, but they're nowhere near the goal and, uh, or they're right at the goalkeeper. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm off of leads. I've had enough. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine betting on them right now. I'm not sure who they've got next this, this week, but um, I think they might, I think it might be Manchester United. Um, but I, I can't imagine uh, betting on leads to win a game right now. They, they're just so, they're so bad at the back that no matter how good their attacking play is, they're, they're always going to give up goals. I'm going to, I'm going to take overs with leads, but uh, betting on them to win, I think is, uh, is, is a losing proposition. Um, so I bet I had, I had a unit on leads to win this game. They lost. And then I had a, I had a unit on the over three in that push. So I only lost one unit on that game, which was pretty good considering I really misjudged what this game was going to be. Um, next game, Wolves and Aston Villa, uh, wild game here. Really good. Uh, Midlands Derby, um, Aston Villa win this game one nil on a, uh, Anwar El Ghazi late, late penalty, um, both teams had a player sent off here for for two red or for two yellow cards, excuse me. Um, and I I don't think the right I don't think the better team won this game. But without Raúl Jiménez, they really Wolves really don't have a a really good attacking. You know they don't have a, a really good threat. Fabio Silva comes on. I think he's like 18 years old and it's his his full Premier League debut. Uh, just not enough not enough up top there. He did hit hit the post the inside of the post that would have given Wolves a one 0 lead, but deserved one 0 one no lead, but um, that kind of ricocheted back and, and he wasn't able to put the rebound in either, got blocked. Um, Den Donker is the player that really will will look back at his game and think he should have won this game for Wolves. He had two really good chances, one in the first and one in the second. Um, and uh, Wolves were the better team. They, play, they created the better chances. Uh, Martinez had some really good saves for Aston Villa. Um, but in the end, no, they, they don't get the goal and Nelson Semedo brings down John McGinn in the box and it's a penalty and, and El Ghazi scores it. And that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the end of the game. Uh, you know, it's, it goals change games. And when you, when, especially when you can't get one, when you're on top and you can't get one, I think it, it really gives the opposition a, a boost, um, 
But other than that, you know, we had Douglas Louise was sent off before the penalty was given, and then Jao Moutinho sent off after the penalty. Um, but it was a really good game, really even game, scrappy. Uh, a lot of athletes out there, good chances, really good saves. Martinez is a really good goalkeeper. I, you know, Arsenal letting him go to Aston Villa, I think it was a mistake. I think he's better than Bernleno. Um, but pretty even on shots, uh, even on possession. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to win my bets here. I had, I had Aston Villa to win this game, but I, I don't think they deserve the three points. Um, and I also had um, a unit on the under. Um, so I win just about three, just about three units on that with Aston Villa getting two to one. So I'll take that. That's a good start to the weekend. Um, but yeah, this, this was a really good game. I really enjoyed this game. I think both these teams will finish top half. I don't think either one of them, maybe maybe we could see one of these two teams finish in European places. I think they've got the talent. You know, Obviously, Jack Grealish and Ollie Watkins and, and that group going forward for Aston Villa, I think is really good. Um, and then Wolves, I'm not sure how long Raul Jimenez is going to be, is going to be back, but they're always a threat. I think Podence is a really good player. And, uh, obviously Adama Traore is a handful for anybody. And then Pedro Neto is also re- looking really, really good for, for Wolves. He's, he's been, uh, in and amongst the goals recently. Didn't, couldn't find one here, but I really like him too. This, uh, Wolves team is basically the the Portuguese national team without, uh, Ronaldo. So, um, uh, they've got a really good squad and I think, I think they'll be, they're going to be tough to beat, um, going forward here, especially as they get more and more used to being without Raul Jimenez. I think they'll be able to, to figure it out. I, I like, um, Nuno Espirito. I think he's a really good, um, I think he's a really good manager. So I, 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 I like Wolves to, to kind of bounce back off these back to back losses here. Um, next game was, Newcastle and West Brom. Newcastle won this game 2-1, rightly so. This really wasn't a good game. Uh, Miguel Almiron scores in 22 seconds. Um, I think it was the. I think it is the fastest um, goal scored so far in the league this season. Um, but not a whole lot going on. These two teams aren't very good. That there were some really bad touches in the box. Uh, Joel Linton had a good chance in the 32nd, but in the first half there really wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, Darnell Fulong scores, uh, kind of nips in at the back post and beats Jamal Lewis to a ball to score in the 50th minute, uh, really weak defending from him. And then, um, Dwight Gale comes on and scores his first goal of the league. I think it was his first appearance in the league for Newcastle this season, uh, scores from a Jacob Murphy cross, really good ball in and, and, uh, Dwight Gale hits the post, hits the post and and goes in, uh, in the 80th minute to make it two one, uh, West Brom never really gave themselves a chance to equalize. Uh, but it's back-to-back wins for Newcastle, first time this season, and they they look good. They've looked good defensively, um, you know, against uh, Crystal Palace, keep clean sheet, and West Brom, um, you know, kind of a, a lapse at the back. But uh, the way Newcastle are playing, they, they're they're scoring a couple goals a game. They're going to be just fine. I I think what are they? Uh, they're in twelfth right now with a game in hand. Uh, um, so. Uh, I like the way they're playing, and I, I think Joel Linton has looked really good this season uh, compared to what he was last season. I think people were writing him off as a 40 million pound flop, which he, you know, that's what he looks like. But um, he's looked really good so far this season. Him and him and uh, and Callum Wilson have combined very well, and I like the way they they look going forward. Um, but yeah, West Brom struggled. They're 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 going to be in a relegation battle for the for the remainder of this season, I would imagine. Uh, but I think that's just it, it. You know, it is what it is with them. They're just not. They're not. Uh, they're not good enough to be in this league, and and they're going to have to fight and scrap their way to to staying up if that's what's going to happen. 
Um, I had a unit on Newcastle to win this game, uh, plus 140, so I'll take that. But I also had the under two, two and a half, and that didn't hit. So I'll only win just about half a unit on this game. Um, next game was United and City, one of the one of the worst games I've ever watched. Uh, really disappointing performance from both teams. The first half was a little more interesting, um, but the second half it was pretty clear that neither one of these teams uh, wanted to lose, and that was kind of it. Uh, I I these nil nil games are so frustrating because I think it, this game would have popped the life if you know if Riyad Mar if Riyad Mahrez had scored his his chance in the, I think it was the thirty fifth minute or something like that. If Riyad Mahrez scores, I think this game pops to life. And we see some more attacking play and more goals. And, um, you know, to, to, to have it end nil-nil is really disappointing. Um, De Gea is back in goal for, for United. And Paul Pogba, with all the drama around him, he gets a start, uh, which I thought was funky. But uh, here we are. Um, and, then, and then City set up Fernandinho and Rodri sitting in midfield. I thought that was really interesting uh, from Pep. Um, playing them both. I'm not sure I agree with that, but he's he's in charge of the team. So um, Sterling had a couple chances, but after that, um, he kind of went missing in the second half. Um, I didn't even know Mason Greenwood was playing until about the 50th minute. Um, uh, KDB, he looked, Kevin De Bruyne looks like uninterested. He looks uh, kind of, I wouldn't say lazy, but uh, complacent. He looks... If he misses a chance, he kind of turns away and doesn't really worry about what happens after that. There were a couple of times where he had a shot blocked and then turned away and then started walking away, and the ball was still around. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that's about, but he's struggling. I don't think he scored from open play this season. Uh, he's not looking like himself. Um, yeah, I just had I had written down this was a terrible game. Uh, Rodri had a chance to win it in the 91st minute, but didn't really test De Gea. Um, yeah, stats were pretty even. Uh, not a whole lot going on here. Really disappointed with these with the effort from from these two teams. Uh, they both, I think, they both dropped to my power rankings after this one. But after the, but the top five did this um, this weekend. Who knows? Um, I had City win this game, so I lost that. And I also had the over. I thought there were going to be goals in this game, and there weren't. And I had a nil nil, so I lost about two and a half units on that game, which is. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than than watching a horrible game and then losing money on it. So that was a rough game to watch for me. Uh, next game of the weekend was Everton and Chelsea. This was a this was a much more entertaining game. Everton win this one one nil, uh, even without Hamas Rodriguez, Luca Dina both miss, um, and Olivier Giroud starts for Chelsea like he should be. He's scoring a bunch of goals. Um, he didn't have many chances in this game. I think he had a couple, maybe a header and, and one and a, a pullback that he, I think he dragged over the bar. Um, but it was a lively game. It was, it was, it was fun to watch for Charleston. Had a really good chance in the sixth minute. Um, but in the 21st, Edward Mendy probably, I think he makes his first mistake of the season so far, which is rare for them considering who they had in goal previously. Uh, but he gives away a penalty in the 21st, uh, a foul on, on Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which was rightly given, and Sigurdsson slots it away. Uh, but Everton were the, were the better team. They created the better chances. They deserved to be in front, and they were. Um, Reese James had a couple chances uh, in just, just after the goal was scored, 25th and 26th minute. He had a free kick that Pickford saved, and then uh, he also had a, had a shot that Pickford saved onto the post that kind of spun out of bounds or out of play that was – a, uh, a really good strike. Uh, Kurt Zuma had a really good chance from a set piece on the 28th minute. Uh, but after that, it was it was kind of Everton's show to the, end, to the end of the half. Richarlison had a good chance on the counter. 
uh, 40 minutes in. Um, let's see. Uh, in the second half, Chelsea kind of um, Chelsea kind of pushed early. It was end to end for for uh, you know the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half. Uh, penalty was given in the 63rd. Chilwell fouled Calvert-Lewin, but it was ruled out for uh, yeah, Calvert-Lewin being offside. Uh, after that, it was kind of a dead game. Mason Mount had one chance to hit the post from the free kick in the 81st, but other than that, uh, Everton were pretty comfortable. Chelsea dominated possession in this game and uh, had more shots, but couldn't put one away, really struggled. Uh, Kai Havertz is not a right winger. Timo Werner is not a left winger. Um, they're really missing. Yeah, I don't think, I think Pulisic was hurt and uh, Hakeem Ziyech is hurt. He'll be out for a while. And then um, Callum, Callum Hudson-Odoi is also hurt. So they're struggling up front with wingers. They've just, they're just throwing strikers on at winger spots and they, they didn't perform very well. Um, but Everton win this game. They, they, um, they deserve to win this game. I think they're the better team. They played the better stuff. And, and uh, for them to get three points against Chelsea, I think is huge. They move up to seventh in the table. Uh, and they're, they're going to be pushing for a European spot um, this season. And with if everybody keeps dropping points around them, I'm looking at the table right now. South Leicester third, Southampton fourth, West Ham sixth, Everton seventh. That's wild. That didn't expect that to start the season. Especially, we're 12 games into this game into this season now. The table the table's taking shape. This is what we're we're kind of going to be looking at um, for the next uh, couple months here. Uh, even though we've got two games in the next six days, but uh, and the, it is kind of tight up there, but. It, West Ham's for real. Everton's for real. Southampton's playing really well. Leicester City are they're I think they think they're in a title race, and why shouldn't they? They're one. They're one point behind the leaders, Tottenham and Liverpool. So, uh, really interesting title race. Um, but back to this game, I had Chelsea to win. They obviously didn't, and I had I thought there were going to be goals in this game as well, and there weren't. So I lost uh, about five units on those last two games on on United and uh, the Everton Everton games going to Sunday, that's, uh, you know, that's not, not the way you want to do it, but you know, you get you back on the horse and, and then Southampton beat Sheffield three nil. That's our next game on Sunday. Danny Ings comes back for Southampton. He looked fantastic, really bright. Uh, he's going to score a bunch of goals and, uh, Sheffield, uh, Chris Wilder decided to throw in the old guard. He put Phil Jack Yelka, which 38 years old. I think he's the oldest outfield, outfield player in the league this season. And uh, Billy Sharp also start up front and uh, didn't work. Uh, Southampton dominated this game from the first whistle. Danny Ings had a really good chance in the 16th minute. Um, Sheffield had a had a chance to put, to go a goal ahead. Sander Berga uh, pulls, or I'm sorry, he kind of clips his shot, goes wide. Uh, that's really the only chance Sheffield had. Uh, Shea Adams scores in the 35th minute. Uh, to make it 1-0 after some really bad defending from Sheffield. Um, Stuart Armstrong makes it two with a pretty, with a really unlucky, uh, really unlucky, you know, from Sheffield's point of view goal. Um, I really feel sorry for Aaron Ramsdale. I really don't think that he's done much wrong this season. It's a Sheffield goalkeeper. Uh, I think he's a good goalkeeper. He's just getting peppered. Um, his defense in front of him really don't know what they're doing. I, they're really disorganized. They're running around with a bunch of, like uh, chickens with their head cut off. And it's, um, it's, I, I would be extremely frustrated if I'm Aaron Ramsdale. He's made some really good saves this season, really hasn't uh, done a whole lot wrong, but he's put in bad situations so often that it's going to be really hard to, to keep people out consistently. Um, and then uh, 
Third goal was scored by Nathan Redmond, which cost me money. He comes on as a sub, scores his first goal of the season. Uh, but all the stats say Southampton dominated this game. 68% possession, 16 shots to three, no shots on target for Sheffield. Uh, I had I had a unit on on Southampton to win this game. Um, won that one. And then I had the under as well, which would have been nice to hit that. But Nathan Redmond had other ideas. So I, I break even on that game. Uh, really interesting game was next crystal palace and tottenham i called this game from the start i knew this was this was going to be uh tottenham's first time playing against a team that play exactly like tottenham now tottenham are much more uh talented than crystal palace are uh especially well i wouldn't say especially up front i think wilfred zaha is one of the best attackers in the league right now um but they don't have a second one they don't have a they don't have harry kane like like i, I would liken son to uh, Hyunming San to Zaha, and then, uh, I, you know, Crystal Palace don't have a Harry Kane. Harry Kane's probably the best player in the league right now. He's He's been very, very impressive this season. Um, but Crystal Palace start with Zaha and Benteke up front. They're both in form, both both scoring goals. Um, no Christian Bale in the in the 18 for Tottenham. I, I don't know if he's hurt or not, but he did play in the Europa League this past week, but uh, didn't get to see him on Sunday. Um. Wilfred Zaha and I think it's Eberichi Eze. I, I love the two of them down the left wing. I think they're they they combine really really well. Uh, love watching them play. Uh, Guaita was fantastic in goal for Crystal Palace in this game. He had a really good save against uh, Ndombele in the 18th minute. Um, Tottenham seemed to uh, want to pick on the right the left side of of uh, of Crystal Palace. It was Serge Aurier doing a lot of crossing into the box um, for Tottenham in the first half, um, but they get their goal through Harry Kane. Uh, in the 23rd minute, it was uh, kind of a, a weird, spinny shot that Guaida went the wrong way, and, and it just snuck past him right in the middle of the goal. So Tottenham take, take a lead. Uh, I wouldn't say deservedly. I think it was a pretty even game throughout. Uh, Crystal Palace definitely definitely didn't deserve to to lose this game, uh, and Guaida really kept them in it. Uh, he, had some, he made some really good saves. Um, Crystal Palace dominated um, early in the second half. Uh, Schlepp had a really good chance in the 69th minute that I think if it would have been on his left foot, he would have been able to score. Uh, Benteke had a couple a couple headers from corners, 78th and 80th minute. And then uh, Jeffrey Schlepp gets uh, gets the equalizer from, a, from an SA free kick. And uh, from then on out, it was all Tottenham. Tottenham pushing to win. Uh, Guaita had some incredible saves. He had, he had one from Harry Kane that I thought had gone in. Uh, but was able to get enough on it to stop it. Uh, Eric Dyer had a had a free kick that Guaita tipped over the bar. That was a, a, one of the best saves I've seen this season. Um, but uh, Crystal Palace were able to hold on for a one-one draw, and I that's the perfect scoreline for me. Absolutely nailed my bets on this one. Um, I had a unit on the draw, and then I had a unit under two and a half. So nailed that. That's uh, plus three and a half units on that game. I needed that. That's perfect. Uh, stats would say this was a pretty even game, and I think it was. Tottenham had a little more possession, but uh, that's I think that's what Crystal Palace kind of want. Uh, that's it was going to be, um, you know. I think if, if Crystal Palace had dominated possession, I think this game would have gone Tottenham's way, um, or it would have you know it would have already gone Tottenham's way, and then Crystal Palace would have had to have been pushing for an equalizer. Um, but uh, Crystal Palace uh, end up getting a point out of this game, and I think they deserved it. Um, but 
I think the I think the matchup really suited Crystal Palace and really kind of went against Tottenham. I think Tottenham struggle against talented teams who play the way they do. Tottenham want to go against a team who want to have the ball. They want to play a Leeds. They want to play, um, you know, a team like Brighton who want to have the ball but uh, struggle to do anything with it. Uh, but them dropping points here is not a shock to me. Uh, the, what was a shock to me was Fulham. Fulham in our next game, Fulham get a 1-1 draw against Liverpool. Um, they looked incredible in the first half. They were easily the better team in the first half, and I was kind of blown away. Caballero had good chances in the fourth minute, in the 14th minute, um, and then he looked like he might have uh, won a penalty for Fulham in the 16th, but VAR decided it was not a penalty. Um, I think it was Adam Lookman had a really good chance in the 25th, or 24th, and then De Cordova Reed gets a goal from a corner, from the resulting corner off that shot uh, to make it 1-0. And I wrote down Fulham were out playing Liverpool. They were all over the pitch. They were running around. They were pressing hard. And uh, uh, Liverpool didn't really get any chances until about the 40th where Mane uh, headed over. Salah had a good chance in the 44th. Uh, but then after the break, uh, Fulham were back. They, they, they had a really, really good chance to score in the 46th to make it 2-0. I, I think that probably would have put the game away the way they were playing. Uh, Jordan Henderson had a chance to equalize in the 61st that he really should really should have taken left footed left footed shot uh, should have scored uh, but um, Ariola gets a good save on that um, after the early part of the second half it was Liverpool's half they were they were doing all the pressing it looked like Fulham had tired quite a bit and they win a penalty uh, through I think it was Jeannie Wijnaldum who usually doesn't take take free kicks but um, he takes a free kick and and uh, I think it was Kamara that use the hand to to knock it down. Penalty to Liverpool. Salah scores it uh, just through Ariola. Um, after that, there, there was only one chance to to for Liverpool to win it. Fulham didn't didn't make any effort to to try and win the game to make it two one. Uh, Curtis Jones had a really good run from inside his own half and and had his shot saved uh, in the eighty fourth minute. But other than that. It was a 1-1 game. Liverpool dominated possession, but didn't dominate on the shots. Uh, Fulham had uh, just two less shots than Liverpool did, and uh, they were impressive. I was very impressed with Fulham. They, they, they're going to take a big jump up in my power rankings, so very impressed with Fulham. They're looking so much better. I think Scott Parker's done a great job uh, figuring, that, figuring out that defense. So uh, I think you know betting on Fulham going forward – I don't think it's too outlandish. I think that's that actually might be the play. So, uh, yeah, very impressed with Fulham. Uh, disappointing from Liverpool, but I think I think Fulham played well enough to to get a draw. And Liverpool have been struggling on the road. So, uh, very very impressed with Fulham in this game. Uh, I lost a little bit on this on on my bets here. I had uh, Liverpool to win by two. That didn't that didn't hit. And then uh, I had one a little over a unit on the under three three and a half, and that hit. So just. Uh, you know, 0.06 units I lost on that game. So nothing too crazy. It was a good game. It was fun to watch. Um, next game, I, I I think Arsenal and Burnley and, and Leicester and Brighton played at the same time. It kicked off at 12.15, my time. Um, <sighs> Arsenal, what what's going on? Uh, they're, they're, they are 100% in the, in the relegation battle right now. 12 games into the season, 1-4, Drawn one, lost seven. They've scored ten goals in twelve games. They're in a relegation battle. That the way Fulham have been playing, Fulham are playing better than Arsenal. Uh, they just lost to Burnley at home. I, how can you say that they're not in a relegation battle? How can you say that this team is safe? 
they're not. Um, now, they should have won this game. They were the better team. They just they forgot to score. Uh, Lacazette had a really good chance in the 12th minute. Chris Wood, but, uh, Chris Wood had a, another good one uh, in the 14th. Um, prob- they both probably should have scored. Uh, Lacazette had another goal, had another opportunity in the 28th, uh, but a really lazy shot I had written down. Um, and then in the second half, Arsenal were all over him until Xhaka's red card. Um, Xhaka puts his his hand to I don't I think was it Dwight McNeil I don't I don't think it was Dwight McNeil but he puts he puts his hand to to somebody's throat and gets sent off and rightly so and uh, from then on out um I wouldn't say Burnley dominated but Arsenal's uh, superiority definitely went away and uh, they were lucky to see El Nenny stay on the pitch I think I th- I the, there was a corner about 70th minute where El Nenny uh, put his hands up near Tarkovsky's face. And I, I think, I think he's he's going to count himself lucky that he wasn't sent off. Um, but the app, the, the second corner right after that, Aubameyang heads into his own goal, um, to make it one nil to Burnley and Arsenal really didn't have a chance to equalize after that with 10 men, it's tough, but didn't really have any, any, um, uh, Burnley defended really well. Uh, Sean Dyche set up, set up his team really well against this against this Arsenal team. But I, I don't. I'm not giving Sean Dyche any credit for this. I think this is all Arsenal being terrible because they are right now. They are legitimately legitimately in the relegation battle. They are a bad team right now. They this is a game that you should be embarrassed to lose. Uh, I just I I don't know what's going on with them. I think I think Mikel Arteta is in trouble. Um, they, they have a lot of dead wood that they need to get rid of. They need to find workers. I think I've said this many times, but they need to find grinders. They need to find guys who will run, run their socks off, will run themselves into the ground. And, uh, they just don't have any of those right now. Or if they do, they're, they're just not taking over. I think Kieran Tierney is a good player. Um, Bellerin's not, he's just, he's, he can't. He can't perform at this level. He can't perform at the level that Arsenal need him to. Uh, their strikers aren't scoring goals. Willian looks disinterested. Uh, their midfield is out of control. There's just nothing. There's nothing redeeming about Arsenal right now. They're really struggling. Um, I had I I bet I bet on Burnley in this game. Burnley was a you know about a one and a half goal underdog. Uh, they end up winning this game. I had one point one seven units on Burnley plus one plus one and a half. That hit. I had 1.12 units on the under two and a half three also hit. So I went two units on this game went about exactly as, as, uh, as I thought it did, except the wrong team won. I thought Arsenal were going to win this game one nil. Um, but Burnley get the goal and, uh, they go on and win it. And with 10 men, Arsenal really struggled, uh, to create anything. Uh, last game of the day is Leicester and Brighton Lester win this win this one three nil, uh, no Tarek Lamptey for Brighton, which is uh, a pretty big indicator that they're going to struggle, um, especially if if Neil Mopay's up front. And uh, obviously, I'm not a big Neil Mopay fan, and uh, they didn't score. Um, Wellback had a really good chance, probably the best chance of the game for Brighton in the ninth minute, and Schmeichel made a really good save, and that's a huge save for this for for Lester. That is a for if Brighton get the first goal. Who knows what happens after that? Um, this is a um, a game that Leicester kind of grew kind of grew into. A Brighton were were giving them trouble early in the game, and then um, and then what happens? Vardy hits the post in twenty sixth. Madison scores in the twenty seventh. Um, 
Iosa Paris had a really good chance in the 30th, and as the game kind of went on, especially in the first half, Brighton were just falling apart. Um, Vardy scores in the forty, the 41st minute, his 10th goal of the season in 12 games. Very impressive. I think that's tied with Son. I'm not sure where, where the, the lead leaguers and the league leaders and the goal scorers are, are right now, but I think that's tied with Son for top. Jamie Vardy with his 10th. And then James Madison might have the goal of the season right there. Uh, left-footed strike into the top right corner uh, to make it 3-0. And uh, the second half's really a non-event. Really not a whole lot going on in the second half. Um, just kind of playing out the 45 minutes just because uh, they had to. But I think uh, if if uh, if they stopped the game at halftime, I don't think either team would have complained. Uh, Leicester uh, have more possession, have more shots, but not overly dominant. They just took their chances, and Brighton didn't take their one chance that when it came their way. Uh, I had a, a unit, in, a unit, uh, 1.05 units on Leicester to win this game. That hit, and then I had 1.06 units on the under two and a half. Uh, so that was gone in the first half, which which kind of stinks. But yeah, here we are. Um, so I lost 0.06 units on that game. But uh, looking back at all 10 games, I am plus 2.85 units on the weekend, which is, like I said, our my sixth uh, positive unit weekend in a row. I am, let's see what I am total for the season. As of right now, I am minus 6.5. One three units on the season, uh, and that is after I think I was down twenty three units after the first six weeks or so, uh, just because of all the the crazy crazy results we saw early in early in the season. And now that the the league is kind of rounding into form, you're able to uh, to kind of predict things better, or I guess I am. So, but uh, you know, I've I've won right around uh, seventeen units in the last in the last six weeks. Um, so. Uh, that those are all our games this weekend and match week 12. I'm going to be recording another podcast probably today, probably this afternoon, looking ahead at the, at the midweek games. Um, cause we got 10 of those. We got Tuesday, we got tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, looking forward to those. So I'll have another podcast out looking at those 10 games, uh, probably either today or early tomorrow. Um, and then I'll have two more coming out after those games, Thursday and Friday, uh, to looking ahead to to next weekend's game. So we've got we've got twenty games in the next uh, in the next six days or so, seven days to to look at, and uh, some good ones. Obviously, the big one is Liverpool at home to Tottenham on Wednesday. Uh, really excited about that one, especially as a Liverpool fan. I think it'll it'll give us a good idea of what these two teams are going to look like going forward. Uh, I wouldn't say title decider because I think there's a good chance that these two, one of these two teams doesn't even win it. Um, as of right now, I think you'd have to say I, Southampton, I can't quite put in the title race right now just because um, of who I think they've had a pretty easy schedule so far and losing to Manchester United like they did. I think, I think it's tough to put them in the title race right now. Um, but Leicester City, I think you have to put them in the title race. I think they've they've won eight games, which is the most out of any team in the league right now. And uh, I think you'd have to put them right up there with with Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea, and City. I wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think United are. I would. I would replace United with Leicester in the title race right now. Those top five teams. But you look at the table. Uh, like I said before, City, Leicester City in, in third, Southampton in fourth, West Ham sixth, and Everton seventh. And that's you haven't even got to the Manchester clubs yet. Um, 
So it's a, it's been a wild year. It's, it's really tied up top. Um, uh, city are in ninth with 19 points and they're only two wins off of the top. Uh, so it, it's really anybody's league right now. If, if, if somebody puts a, puts together a, a good run of games, you know, like a three match win, win streak, um, they're going to, they're going to jump right to the top of the list. So really interesting league so far. It's, it's been great. It's been interesting results, surprising results, some, some good goals, especially this weekend. And, uh, I'll be back looking forward to, um, the next 10 games in midweek. And, um, I'll, uh, I'll probably end up releasing, I'm going to release this one now, and then I'll have another one come out probably tomorrow, uh, that I'll record today. But Really looking forward to to uh, some games this week. I think Manchester United, Manchester United and Leeds also play this week, so that's going to be great. Good rivalry there. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, my name's Scotty H. This was the Damn American Podcast. And follow me on Twitter. Put my picks out about an hour before each game, right when the lineups come out. Right, right when the lineups come out. Uh, it is the Damn American Podcast. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And take care. <laughs>